Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, The Word of God that we will focus on during our sermon time is from Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 through 20. We read that in our second lesson, so focus on that second lesson. Open your uh, service folder to it as we go through our sermon, and we'll refer to that text throughout. Dear Christian friends who have been rescued from eternal darkness and destruction, you know, what stories come to your mind if you think about an act of rescue? Think about the superheroes in the comic books and on movies who come and rescue and save the earth from aliens or whatever. I just got done reading a book about King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. Those knights, part of their sort of knightly oath was to take advantage of rescuing any damsels in distress. I think we just, uh, not too awful long ago, a week or so ago, celebrated Veterans Day, and we think of how there were heroes throughout the history of the United States who served in the armed forces and rescued people, their fellow soldiers, people in a city or whatever. There are acts of rescue that come to our mind. Do you have any personal stories of rescue? Were you rescued from a perilous situation or did you rescue someone from a perilous situation? There was one occasion in my life when I was both a rescuer and rescued. I was vacationing, saw friends who were studying Spanish to serve as a missionary in Colombia. I visited them and then I thought, Well, on my way back to Wisconsin, why not stop off at Acapulco in Mexico? So I went there, and it was not a real good day. The the ocean was very rough. Nobody was in swimming, or at least very, very few. And I had met a, a girl, and we decided to walk along the shore. Well, we got too close. And a wave came and took us in. Now, how was I a rescuer? Well, I like to sort of pat myself on the back that I didn't desert this girl that I don't even know her name or never really knew her name. I didn't desert her. I did my best to try to save her and rescue her. But I also started thinking, uh, you idiot, you're going to drown in Acapulco. Uh, fortunately, I wasn't just trying to be the rescuer, but there were those who knew what they were doing, the lifeguards in a nearby hotel that saw what was going on, and they came out and rescued both of us. So that's my story of being a rescuer and being rescued. You might have similar stories. But today we're going to... Uh, 
Not think about all those earthly rescuers. We're going to think about the ultimate rescuer. We're going to think about Jesus Christ. The person we are talking about, well, he was humble, but he was also very powerful. He was one that would do anything for the spiritual, especially welfare of others. And he rescued also many from their physical ailments and problems by performing miracles. It's impossible to list all of the qualities that this person has and all the rescues that he made because uh, they weren't just rescues made during his earthly ministry. He has rescued uh, millions of people through his death on the cross for the sin of the world. Paid the price. He rescued. He ransomed all of us. He is a person that single-handedly completed the greatest victory of all time. A victory over sin, over death, and over the devil. He doesn't have weaknesses. He's perfect. He's able to rescue us and all people from any trouble or trials that may come into our lives. We certainly know that Jesus uh, is our perfect rescuer. As we celebrate this last Sunday of the church year, which is called Christ the King Sunday, we uh, focus on the act of rescue that Jesus did and remind ourselves Jesus is our perfect rescue. This he accomplished with his power when he created us, with his love when he rescued us, and with his grace as he sustains us. As we look at these words that God had the Apostle Paul write to the believers in the city of Colossae, we see some beautiful words describing who Jesus, our great rescuer, is. Throughout the ages of mankind, there have been people who have diminished or ridiculed our Savior, Jesus Christ. And it was no different at the time that Paul wrote our text. There were those who sought to turn the people away from thinking of Jesus as someone all that special. They were pressuring the people to uh, not give Christ that high position of honor. They were trying to say, oh, he's an inferior savior. False teachers wanted the Colossians to put more trust in them, their earthly teachers, so to speak, or also put more emphasis on themselves. You don't need a savior. You can save yourself by adhering to the rules and regulations. The false teachers wanted the Colossians to downplay Jesus' role as the Savior of the world. 
It is for that reason that Paul starts our letter using the words of our text, and he tries to point out that don't be misled. Your Savior is the greatest rescuer of all time. Be sure you remember that. Give him thanks and praise. One of the greatest false teachings and temptations that the devil likes to use is to say that Jesus was and is not truly God. He was just a man. The devil would like people to think of Jesus as someone who, yeah, he was a pretty good person. Uh, Yeah, he did some pretty good things. But God? No, they would not acknowledge the fact that he is God the Son. Uh, People continue to use that argument trying to dissuade us from following Jesus as uh, the Son of God. He was just a man who did some good things. God, they say, wouldn't uh, come down to earth and this way he would come down. If he was going to come down to earth, he'd be much more glorious and so on if it was really God. He wouldn't have come to earth as a poor carpenter's son. Come to earth as a king. People just would not acknowledge the identity of this rescuer who came to the world to save the world. People in the world, the unbelievers, will do anything to tear down uh, what Jesus has accomplished, to ignore who Jesus is. But our text for this morning, it gives us uh, completely the opposite viewpoint of who Jesus is. Jesus, we're told, is the image of the invisible God. And it says, uh, in Jesus, all God's fullness dwells. All of the power and might of the Godhead dwells in Jesus. Words that uh, God had Paul write show us that Jesus was indeed very special. He was very powerful. He was not just a man, but the God-man, the true God. Jesus, as true God, was present before the creation of the world. It says he is before all things. He is eternal with no beginning, no end. And because we know he was here before the world was created, we can believe the fact that our text says he is before all things. Eternal, no beginning, no end. And because we know he was here before the world was created, we can also believe the words of our text that says, by Jesus all things were created. And all things were created by him and for him. We usually uh, tend to think that it was God the Father who created the world. Well, it was God the Father, but 
God the Son, God the Holy Spirit were also there taking part in that activity. They all, as members of the triune God, the three-in-one God, worked together in accomplishing the salvation of the world. As we look at these words, we certainly can see that Jesus had the power to accomplish anything, anything that he needed to do for our salvation. This is extremely good news for us. We know that God's perfect creation was ruined when the devil tempted Adam and Eve and... uh, They gave in to that temptation, ate the forbidden fruit, and sinned against God's command and brought sin into the world and contaminated all of us with that sin. When we're born, we're born uh, depraved, complete enemies of God. It takes the act of baptism or the act of conversion to lead us away from hell and damnation that we as sinful human beings deserve. Our darkness as we enter this world is so severe and so complete that we were 100% separated from God. We were corrupt through and through. Yes, we were enemies of God. And it's in this complete state of darkness and depravity in which we live that now the great rescuer enters into the picture. Jesus came to rescue us from the condemnation of hell that we all deserve. Jesus came to bring us into his kingdom of light, He came to bring us redemption, which means that our great rescuer used all of his eternal power and might to save the whole world from the captivity of sin and death. He came and substituted himself for us and punished and was punished as we deserved. Our text says, through him... He reconciled us to himself. You know, it was about 35 years ago or so that the the wall in Berlin was knocked down and uh, there was then freedom for people in Germany to go from east to west. That freedom didn't exist under communist rule. But when the Berlin Wall was torn down, now they had that freedom at least to go from one place to the other. In much the same way, the peace that Jesus brought to us is like a wall of hostility that was set up by all of our sins. That wall has been torn down by our rescuer, Jesus. His life, perfect, his death, innocent, and his resurrection, victorious. He tore down that wall. We now have free access to God. 
The barriers are gone. There's nothing blocking our path anymore from reaching uh, the destination of heaven. And this peace, we're told in our text, how did it come? Well, it came through his, through Jesus' blood shed on the cross. It's only through the love of God, the love of our great rescuer that we're saved. And we know all these things that Jesus speaks of about his death are true when we realize that Jesus also rose from the dead on the third day to show his work was complete and that his work was finished. Our text says or calls Jesus the firstborn from among the dead. He is the only person to have conquered death on his own. It is this resurrection message that confirms all the words that Jesus has spoken about the peace that he has brought to us. It is this message that can ease all the fears we have about dying since we know salvation is ours, that death is merely a step to something much greater, life in heaven. So as we look back through history, we see there have been many people that are called justly heroes because of their actions. But how many of these uh, heroes or rescuers are still here today? They lived a certain number of years on earth. Their actions ceased when they died. Not the case with our great rescuer. When he died, that didn't stop him from rescuing his followers. He didn't go to heaven and take a vacation on the Riviera or come down back to earth and take a vacation on the Riviera and say, my job's done. No, he continues to provide the help we need to be rescued. He has showed his power in the creation and we have seen his love in the saving of all people. But we also see his grace in the fact that he continues to sustain his people, the people of the Holy Christian Church. Jesus is called the head of the church. He is the one who is our rescuer, our leader, our head. And he is so for people of all times who are part of his family of believers. He defeated the tyranny of the devil. And he continues to fight on our side to keep the devil at arm's length. He is uh, the glue and the strength that keeps his family, his children going. Text says that in him all things hold together. It was just our own strength, our own attempts to maybe rescue others. It wouldn't work. We need Christ to work through us and with us. Close look at the path we have chosen most often shows that we've missed the mark. And what is the mark? Well, the mark is God's perfection. 
We miss that mark. We sin all too many times. But what a comfort that God's grace then is that He comes to us. He has left us His revealed Word in the form of a book called the Bible. And through this saving and gracious book of God, we know exactly who our rescuer is and what he's done for us and what he will continue to do for us. Christian church here has now come to an end for another year. And as we think of the end of the Christian church year, we see very clearly that God has promised to return on Judgment Day. He's promised that. He'll keep his promise. He will return. The question we need to answer is, are we going to be ready? I pray that the Holy Spirit continues to work faith in all of our hearts so that when Jesus returns, we can greet him as family members, knowing that he has rescued us. Grateful for that. Hands down, Jesus is our greatest rescuer and hero. While the debate may rage in the history books about who is the maybe the greatest hero that's ever walked the earth, we don't uh, you know join in that kind of debate. We would just simply say it's Jesus. No doubts about that. It is he who has never failed us, nor has ever forgotten us. Our great rescuer was willing to give up his life for our sins, only to take back that life three days later when he rose from the dead. As we look at the total package of our rescuer, we see that Jesus, as true God, deserves our thanks and our praise. Be thankful we've been rescued by Jesus. Amen. And please rise. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep our hearts and our minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.